0: You're listening to the Pro-Life Ohio podcast, presented by Ohio Right to Life. I'm Allie Frazier, the Director of Communications at Ohio Right to Life and your host. Enjoy the show. everyone, and welcome to our last episode of the season um, for Ohio Right to Life's podcast, the Pro-Life Ohio podcast. Today, um, it's just going to be me, your host, Allie Frazier, going over some of our different achievements uh, that Ohio Right to Life has achieved throughout 2020 and kind of reminiscing back on some of our favorite parts of this year and uh, all the amazing stuff that Pro-Life Ohio has accomplished. Jess, our Director of Legislative Affairs will be hopefully shedding some awesome light, especially on some of our legislative achievements that we have done this year, and I'll be filling in where I can, and uh, yeah, I think it should just be pretty fun and good to just kind of chat. Yeah, it's great to have me on again. Thanks for having me, Allie. Absolutely. I love chatting with you, so I think it's going to be really fun for us to just kind of go over some of our favorite moments, and I think it's going to be a really good way to kind of wrap up the year and uh, give our listeners a good idea of not only what we've accomplished in 2020, but also looking forward to the amazing stuff we're going to do in 2021. So Exactly.
1: It has been a year, and that is yes. all I will say about that, <laughs> besides obviously everything else we're going to talk about that happened this year, uh, especially at the very tail end for me um, in Ohio Right to Life. It has been a particularly busy end of the legislative season. Um, for those of you who uh, don't know, every legislative session in Ohio specifically lasts for two years. So, we are about to start a new legislative session in January and we just ended, ended one basically this week slash last week here at the Ohio State House and that means they try to finish up as much as possible because any bills that don't get passed have to be restarted uh, back at the very starting point of reintroduction and drafting to go through all the committee hearings over over again. So it tends to be a really busy few weeks in December as the legislature comes back after the election and trying to finish up all the work that they started two years ago. So uh, this year we were really excited about a lot of the
0: stuff that we got done. It's true. We got so much done. Honestly, Jess, I was super excited to be able to just kind of check some different pieces of pro-life legislation off of our bucket list Um, because I know that some of these pieces of legislation, specifically um, pieces like the Unborn Child Dignity Act, have been in the works for Ohio Rights Life for, oh goodness, from even I think before you were a legislative director. So to be able to see some of these really amazing pro-life protections actually get to the point where they're now about to be signed into law is just absolutely exhilarating.
1: Yes, it is. It has been a long road. Uh, Legislation takes a long time to get done, and uh, that's sometimes really unfortunate. Um, Sometimes they just need a lot more work and uh, a lot of extra push to get across the finish line. So, uh, So one of those, as you've mentioned, was the Unborn Child Dignity Act. That was Senate Bill 27, and as you said, it's been over five to six years of being in the works. Yeah. That bill got started after now Governor, then Attorney General, Mike DeWine, had done an investigation into Ohio Planned Parenthood's disposal and treatment of fetal remains after abortions. And what was found was that, honestly, Ohio law was lacking um, in clarity and specificity, is what we found in in its ability to protect human life and and to honor the dignity of that human life. Uh, Sometimes things, should be illegal um, yep. <laughs> and maybe even have been made illegal. But because we haven't been very intentional sometimes with how we've written that law, that can mean things go unpunished or go unenforced, uh, I exactly. should say. Yeah. So what was found is that uh, there were fetal remains from two Ohio Planned Parenthoods found in medical waste landfills in Kentucky. And that, unfortunately, couldn't have been prosecuted because Ohio law only states that fetal remains after abortions be disposed of humanely. Um, And that's for surgical abortions specifically because obviously that's what has to be dealt with in the surgical abortion facilities. Whereas chemical abortions uh, or you know things along those lines are dealt with either in one's own home Mm -hmm. um, or or things along those lines Um, and obviously hospitals have their own regulations for what happens. But the law just said that it had to be treated humanely and due to the fact that there was no definition of what humanely meant, they couldn't mm-hmm. be prosecuted for that clear negligence and non-humane treatment of human remains from abortions. So this bill simply fixed that and it has been being pushed forward for a long time and, and we are looking forward to having the now attorney now Governor Mike DeWine signed that piece of legislation that he helped us helped us start uh, to be able to really enforce this human dignity that we need in this moment. Hopefully to create some pause for the women who are choosing, unfortunately, to still have these abortions. Um, hopefully maybe this this gives them pause. Also to provide healing for women after the fact. We've heard from a lot of a post-abortive women that now that they have realized what they did was wrong and have you know sought reconciliation for that, some of the most traumatizing things for them is to realize that their unborn children that they chose to abort have wound up most likely in landfills or garbage or or worse. Um, So we hope this would bring some healing in those moments. Um, And also, I think, really control where fetal remains after abortions go in Ohio. Because we know there's a lot of concern about what happens after a surgical abortion. Are these fetal remains being sold? And that's just a really shocking and terrifying thought process that we've seen play out in other states. And so we want to make sure that here in Ohio, this is just another layer of protection that that does not happen.
0: Exactly. Because I think if, you know, if you look at the different things that have happened in California Mm. um, surrounding, you know, Planned Parenthood being shown to be trafficking fetal body parts and stuff like that, this bill is a good way for Ohio to not be caught in that web. Um, because we know that Planned Parenthood doesn't respect life and we know that even if the law stipulates that you know um, fetal remains have to be dealt with in a humane manner Planned Parenthood is not going to interpret that as anything close to what we would understand as dignified or proper Um, and I think that Senate Bill 27 is important because it's important not only to respect the humanity of the unborn but also the humanity of ourselves we bury our dead Um, as one of the um, amazing post-abortive ladies who testified for us, um, this GA, had mentioned. That's what differentiates
1: us from other animals. Exactly. Obviously, we are made in the image of God, but specifically, as far as how we act around Mm -hmm. death, that is something completely unique to the human race. um, Absolutely. And and shows that dignity of life with Mm -hmm. how we treat those who have passed. Exactly. So, yeah, I think... Obviously here at Ohio Right to Life we do a lot of different kinds of legislation and a lot of different kinds of things and this is one of those things that we know has been upheld by the by the Supreme Court that we can yep. say will go into effect and will have a good effect in Ohio while at the same time we're trying to permanently end abortion exactly. as soon as humanly possible. So we do we do this kind of two-pronged effect a lot of times in our mm-hmm. legislation. Um, some of our legislation is total bans and you know bans based on a variety of different things and some of them are more regulatory to try to save a, you know, as many lives as possible in the here and now, maybe not having to go through a lot of Supreme Court cases, exactly. things like the heartbeat bill are aimed at taking down. So that was that, was that one that we got past uh, first here in what is called the lame duck session, <laughs> which is the last last couple months of the session after the election have happened. Um, the, the other bill that we got passed that isn't necessarily a ban is we've been working with uh, the Ohio Treasurer's Office, Robert Sprague, uh, and, his, and some other legislators uh, such as Representative John Cross and Senator Dave Burke to pass the Family Forward Initiative and that was House Bill 405 that ended up getting finally passed out of the House and Senate and signed uh, into law here I believe shortly this legislation essentially made low interest loans available to adoptive families uh, to alleviate the costs associated with adoption and that is through uh, direct deposit or not direct
0: deposit link deposit that is through. there remote.
1: we go <laughs> That is through the linked deposit program that the treasurer's office does so obviously right now there's a lot of low interest just due to the pandemic and other issues but we know that won't always be the case and this allows a very specific loan available to adoptive families Um, we know that there's a lot of funds that they can raise and obviously uh, tax deductions and things along those tax credits i mean that are able to come to them but those aren't immediate those are come over the next you know year or so and so this allows for adoptive families to get money right away when they need it and then pay that off with those tax credits that come in the future because a lot of times they get a lot of costs dumped on them right at the very beginning of the adoption process so this is a really awesome bill that again furthers the culture of life in Ohio and just signifies how much we value protecting children and allowing them to have a solid forever family Uh, whenever and and however they can as soon as possible that they feel loved and taken care of and that no child is is abandoned here in Ohio so or across the world when we bring them to Ohio. Exactly
0: yeah the Family Forward initiative gets me really excited because as a pro-life organization adoption is something that is so close to Ohio Right to Life's Heart and is so important to us and you know having this bill that has had such strong bipartisan support that people have really from both sides of the aisle been able to come together and just say yes We are all behind adoption. This Mm -hmm. is what Ohio wants. This is what we stand for. We want to build families, not tear them down. I think it was a really beautiful moment, and it gets me excited because the capacity for Ohio to protect life is, is there we just have to keep on educating and telling people about the unborn and the value of every life. Mm-hmm. And the Family Forward Initiative is a great pro-life step. And I'm proud we were out there. Planned Parenthood was not testifying <laughs> on behalf of this bill. Shocking, um, right? Yeah, absolutely. They were not out there putting in the work and the effort to, you know, protect adoptive families. And we are um, mm-hmm. because this is important to us. And it is part of instilling a culture of life and, you know, protecting children who are vulnerable. So yeah. the Family Forward Initiative is is wonderful. And what a pleasure and what a a late Christmas gift to see it on the cusp of uh, being signed by Governor Dewine. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, I am. I am so excited. I think uh, the only thing that could top that for me was the passing of the telemedicine abortion ban. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I think this has been a bill, and and as a little little thing for me, it's one of the first bills that I've worked on from its very conception until its passing, and and hopefully hopefully signing here shortly. Hey. Uh, but this bill is so important right now i think it 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 is basically it's a very simple piece of legislation just to give it a brief description basically prohibits the use of telemedicine uh, for the purpose of providing an abortion uh, or chemical abortion yeah it would basically just require that a doctor be present physically present in the same room with a woman when she is provided with uh, a chemical abortion the first pill of that chemical abortion And some people go wait a second isn't that currently essentially required by fda regulations and the answer is kind of Uh, basically we've seen planned parenthood in states like iowa uh, basically skirting these regulations by using either a video call or a phone call or something along those lines uh, to meet quote unquote meet with the woman and provide that first pill because this is not a pill and this is not a drug that you can get via a pharmacy. This is a drug you have to specifically get directly from your doctor. So these women typically need to go to a surgical abortion facility in Ohio to be able to get those and meet with their their abortionist. But what we found out after we introduced this bill and had some hearings is that Planned Parenthood admitted that for the past two years, or now three years, they've been doing a form of telemedicine abortion similar to that in Iowa here in Ohio. And so this, you know, the the need of this was already great, but it just shot up, A, finding out that that was happening in Ohio, and B, due to this pandemic that we're going through and this incredible push for telemedicine to be expanded to abortions.
0: Exactly. And it was really interesting, too, because we found out that Planned Parenthood, had been utilizing um, telemedicine for abortions right before lockdown um, because I believe the opponent testimony for that bill was I believe in February mm-hmm. and obviously we were locked down by mid-March. So Planned Parenthood had already had in place this plan essentially to expand their abortion business in Ohio in a way that was extremely dangerous to women. We know that the abortion pill is dangerous. It has special FDA requirements on it. Um, that stipulate how it is to be dispensed to try to protect women from some of those side effects and Planned Parenthood was already putting money before um, the safety of their patients um, by doing this this these telemed abortions so I think I'm really glad that we were able to pass this bill when we were um, because in 2020 this was the year that we really realized that like our desire to ban telemed abortions was even more urgent than we had originally anticipated so yeah Looking into the new year, it becomes even more pressing. Absolutely. As
1: we look at a Biden administration, as well as lawsuits on those very same FDA regulations on this kind of abortion-inducing drug, we see that there's a very real chance those FDA regulations will be either removed by a Biden administration or by the courts themselves. And that is the really dangerous part, because then it becomes the Wild West when it comes to abortion-inducing drugs and who can produce them, who can provide them. So this is a really important preventative piece of legislation that says even if those FDA regulations go away, there are still regulations on specifically abortion-inducing drugs that the doctor has to be present with the woman when they're provided, that they can't just be getting them from anywhere else, at least in the state of Ohio. So that's something that obviously we've seen an ever-present need and in the black market obviously online stores for those things it can be a really dangerous place for women especially when we come to think of the fact that not having a doctor examine the woman can be deadly absolutely and not just in the fact that these things can lead to bleeding that needs to take the woman to the e- er but if you don't detect a uh, ectopic pregnancy before administering these drugs these can very easily lead to deaths of women so when Planned Parenthood in the abortion industry is saying that women need this you have to go that there are lines when it comes to telemedicine I mm-hmm. think here at Ohio yeah. Right to Life we see the benefits of telemedicine as it's been expanding and you know providing that reach to people who are marginalized and don't often aren't near a doctor's office exactly but there's certain drugs That are just too dangerous that provide too many risks and and abortion-inducing drugs aren't the only ones that we say no you have to see a doctor in person because this puts your life at risk exactly and especially for something that isn't a necessary treatment for anything
0: no because pregnancy is not a disease regardless of what Planned Parenthood keeps on saying women's fertility and our unique ability to create and to foster life is not a disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that suggesting that honestly really reveals how sexist abortion mm-hmm. really is in a, in a deep sense, to go off on a little bit of a tangent. But yeah. yeah, telemed abortions are terrible and the worst, and we are really happy that we are seeing, we are seeing ourselves being very close to, to ending them because the last thing that anyone wants is for a vulnerable woman who is in a hard position to be put in an even more dangerous situation that could cost her, obviously, not only the life of her child, but also her own life as well. So being able to to stand in front of Planned Parenthood and say, no, this is, this is too far. You're not going to endanger women in this way. Um, we're not going to let your recklessness regarding human life, you know, cross over into this dangerous land of, of telemedicine abortions, I think is a huge step forward for us in Ohio, and it could not come at a better time.
1: Yeah, and we are just so grateful to have worked with uh, such great legislators as our primary sponsor for this piece of legislation, Senator Steve Huffman, who is an actually an ER physician himself. Amazing. Uh, so it, it has been great to work with, with physicians in the state legislature who support life, and... Uh, you know, really want to advance this cause and really want to champion women and protect women from these, frankly, predatory, yeah, uh, predatory practices. Absolutely. And so, yeah, so that this bill you know, it was really important to get this bill passed out and get it passed out quickly because we cannot waste any more time on this. So we're excited to see the governor sign this. We believe that uh, there's a good chance it won't even be challenged in court uh, just due to what we see happening in other states. But we are ready for one if it comes. Yep, always. Hopefully it go into, into effect as soon as humanly possible. Absolutely. So that's some of the, the wonderful legislation that we got passed here at the very end. Obviously, there's some other bills that we've been working on that we're going to reintroduce, and and we'll talk about that uh, probably in a, in a couple of our future podcasts about what is what is happening for this new legislative session, what we'll be working on, what we'll be focusing on. You'll be, uh, of course, hearing again probably about our Human Life Protection Act that uh, would ban abortions in case Roe v. Wade is overturned in, in the if and when
0: <laughs> and, it's if, happening
1: if, if when roby wade is overturned, so things along those lines we are working on we are going to be keeping busy on the legislative front uh it is a good time to be in the ohio uh, legislature and working on state politics because that is where i think we can really see a lot of hope as we've seen this past election season there can be some some hard things obviously that occurred um, and some setbacks that we can see but if you look state by state you can you look at the at, you can look at what happened in the congressional elections. There's a lot of reasons to be hopeful. A lot of times the cause of life won. I mean, here in Ohio, what was the percentage of our win?
0: Over seventy percent. Yeah,
1: yeah. Our, our endorsed candidates won seventy percent of the time, and that is and that's when we endorse in really you know strongly held Democrat areas too. So it is really incredible to see Ohio. And just how strongly pro-life we are, um, we're still, you know, needing to work every day to ensure that we win all Ohioans to the cause of life. Of course, but election after election here in Ohio,
0: you see the cause of life advancing absolutely and as I think about the cause of life so clearly advancing and I mean through obviously like you had mentioned Jess through all of our amazing pieces of legislation that you know are you know seconds away from the finish line um to even our successes that we've had in the election I was doing an interview with the BBC in the fall talking about you know the election and different things and they pretty much point blank asked me how do you know that Ohio is pro-life and I was like our elections prove it. Our state house proves it. Time and time again, Ohioans are turning out to vote pro life first. They are choosing representatives that represent their pro life values, mm-hmm. and I think that that really speaks for itself. I mean, we increased our majority in the state house over this election overwhelmingly,
1: which is it was yeah, just shocking. I think um, if you're if you're familiar with what's been going on in the state house, we've had some issues with some uh, leadership in the House of Representatives. (laughs) And despite that, Mm -hmm. uh, pro-lifers still won an ever-increasing majority. And that is in a year where they did not expect to do so. Um, You know, President Trump won Ohio by over eight points. Yes. And that was reflected in all of the lower down, and even more so sometimes lower down, the ballot. Absolutely. And that just goes to show, I think, that the cause for life is continually advancing, as you said. That uh, we have, you know, there's some people going, is, is Ohio still a purple state? And, and obviously our, our issue isn't bl- red or blue. We want it to be a universal issue that not, not only one party represents. But as the Republican Party does advance the cause of life in their platform yeah. specifically, we can see that Democrats should take note. Absolutely. And I think a lot, of peop- a lot of them do throughout Ohio, and that is why we're voting for the pro-life candidates more and more.
0: Absolutely. And my hope is too, Jess, that like as life is proved over and over again to be such a winning issue for candidates and for party platforms, that all party platforms are going to embrace life more and more. And my guess is is I think that's gonna happen. I think over, you know, the next ten years or so, I think that life is going to be a much more be seen as a much more winning issue. And I think that that over time, it's going to become more of of an issue that both sides are really passionate about. And I think we're already starting to see that. I mean, Democrats for Life's founder, um, you know, lives here in Ohio. So I think that I think we're looking forward to a really bright future for life, one that I think continues to pull in more people um, to our to our cause and to fight for human rights. And I'm excited. I think we have a really bright future ahead.
1: Yeah, I think that that is really important to take note of that. This is, this is going to be a winning issue, this, this yeah. election, it was so front and center, yeah. more than I think it has been in a long time as a political issue. I think so sure. often it's something that we you know, care about, obviously, as an organization, but a lot of times legislators kind of, especially on the national stage, kind of push away as a, you know I'm pro-life, but I don't want to talk about it a lot. Yeah. And we've seen it take f- front and center stage, as the issue that really drives the election instead mm-hmm. of just being a side issue that
0: we want to make sure that box is checked. Exactly. No, I felt the same way, Jess. I Even in you know the brief period of time that I've worked in politics, I've seen the conversation around abortion shift so much. People are ready to have conversations in ways that I think they weren't before, and I think that candidates are more understanding that hey my stance on abortion can make or break me and I think that it's encouraging a lot of people who maybe have been more passively pro-life to be more vocal about their beliefs to make it one of kind of their keystone issues and honestly any any time we can get abortion to be talked about to be discussed the better it is for our movement because truth is on our side and anyone who looks into abortion on any level is going to understand very quickly this isn't right This is a human rights violation. Women deserve better than this. Babies should never have to endure this. And I think that overwhelmingly, the more we talk and the more conversations we have and the more candidates that are willing to speak up about this topic, the better our cause does. I think that the abortion industry has succeeded for a long time because of their ability to silence people Mm. and because of their ability to kind of keep abortion under wraps. Abortion's not under wraps like it was before.
1: Yeah, I would totally agree. I think the abortion industry... Survives off of euphemisms because Absolutely. they don't want to talk directly about the issue. Ultimately there's going to be flare-ups of things like shout your abortion or things along those lines but that's not, is not what people are ultimately supporting groups like Planned Parenthood for. They're supporting them because they keep it cloaked in euphemisms about caring for women but when they actually talk about abortion head on as we often do and, and we see on a larger platform they don't come out
0: ahead. Exactly. And to be honest, I think that our movement is broadening in a way that the um, pro-abortion movement is not. Um, I see our movement being able to be more involved on lots of fronts with working on adoption, you know, doing the Unborn Child Dignity Act, doing a telemedicine abortion ban, and we are involved in so many different realms, and I think we're bringing so many more people together to rally behind us, whereas I see the pro-abortion side getting much more narrow in their approach, and I think... Um, you know, them swinging to the opposite extreme, whether it be shout your abortion um, or, you know, abortion is magic or any of the kind of really super like far, way more hardcore than I think the average pro-choicer feels comfortable with kind of messaging. Mm-hmm. I think that they're driving away those people in the middle who would maybe say that they were passively pro-choice and they're kind of thinking, wait. You know if it's not safe legal and rare anymore when we're talking about abortions is this something that I want like should there be more abortions and I think those people are being I think a little bit more open to life now than they used to because to be honest our side has logical answers and rational answers in ways that the pro-abortion side just doesn't really have to offer people. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think you can see that in the fact that Planned Parenthood is offering less and less other services while yes. increasing their abortions more and more because that's where they earn their money. Because um, mm-hmm. they don't care about women, they care about their bottom line ultimately. So yeah, I think that is just something, a theme that we've seen in Ohio in 2020 and across the nation, and I think that's something that's going to continue to be the case, that the more abortion is a front and center topic, the more life, the cause of life will advance.
0: 100%. Totally agree. And Jess, we are seeing... We are seeing momentum. I think we're ready to move forward. This year has been hard. I don't think anybody is going to argue with me on that. It has been a struggle. Um, it has been a un- given us new sets of challenges that you know have forced us to kind of to change strategies and you know to reach more people online as opposed through physical events. Um, you know to confront the abortion industry a little bit more than we're used to doing whether that's them not shutting down um, during the pandemic and using up vital ppes or you know them trying to do telemed abortions kind of under the table um, we're ready to fight them and mm-hmm. we're ready to really go forward in 2021 in in bold new ways i think this year has been hard but i think it's made us tougher and i think I think overwhelmingly we see Pro-Life Ohio is ready to get behind us. They are ready to get behind the cause of life. They're ready to put their money where their mouth is. I mean, even with our signs that we did for the election, we made, what was it, like 1,500 signs that said, big, bold letters, Vote Pro-Life, had Ohio Right to Life's logo on them. We ordered 1,500 of those and they were gone almost immediately. We pretty much ran out of signs. So people are ready. I think Ohio is ready for that next big, bold step. And I think in this next General Assembly, we're going to be working hard on our human life protection act which is our complete abortion ban um, that would be triggered when and if and when Roe versus Wade um, is overturned so yeah um i feel like here at Ohio rights to life we're we're ready to move forward i think we're excited for what we'll, we will accomplish in 2021 and i think we can look back at 2020 and say hey that was rough i think all of us can can say that but man we accomplished so much for life and we are ready to go forward in ways I think that we've dreamed of for a very long time.
1: Yeah, to say I'm ready for 2021 is an understatement, and we have a lot of reasons to have hope and to keep
0: fighting and to keep advancing the cause for life. I totally agree. Absolutely. I think that we are going to see ourselves come together in more ways in 2021. I think we're going to have to continue to be creative, Um, but I am really, really excited to see us move forward and... I mean, if you look at the stats, abortion—we're win- life is winning in Ohio. Like, let's be honest here: abortions are down by over thirty percent um, since the last decade. Half of Ohio's abortion facilities have closed. Half in the last ten years. I mean, we are we are decimating the abortion industry, and their stranglehold on Ohio is definitely weakening.
1: And I think it goes. The reason they are fighting so hard for telemedicine, among other reasons for abortions, is because their abortion facilities are closing. Exactly. They see surgical abortion as no longer a viable way to go. Uh, that is as, as more of a burden than a benefit to them because medical or chemical abortions can be so cost effective for them, exactly. for lack yeah. of a better term. So I think that getting ahead of this as we see it, chemical abortions rising while surgical abortions decreasing, this is a, is a huge win for us and, and something that we need to be focusing on. It's going to be an interesting start to 2021, of course, uh, but hopefully as this virus abates and as we are able to get back in person with everyone, we are we are super excited to, you know, as we, we are continuing to fight for you guys in person at the state house, and we will continue to do that through the next General Assembly.
0: Absolutely, 100%. We are always out there protecting life. Pro-Life Ohio does not get tired. You guys are so tireless in your support of us, and we are tireless in our advocacy for life. And I just want to take a second to thank all of our listeners. You guys have been with us through Thick and Thin. Um, We see... In terms of our social media presence, we see you guys commenting. We see you guys liking and sharing stuff. Um, We see people reaching out to us, thanking us for the work that we're doing. We see people reaching out and being advocates in their community for life. Our affiliates and chapters have been just incredibly courageous as they've had to shift things for the pandemic to try to keep people safe. Um, and we cannot be prouder of the work that pro-life ohio has done in 2020 you guys never cease to amaze us and we want you to know that we are behind you a hundred percent um whoever is coming to the march for life we hope to see you there jess and i will yes. both be there um masked up but we are we are excited to stand for life with you again in dc in, and in 2021 will,
1: yeah and we will have signs again so if you are looking for yes signs, please <laughs> Reach out to us. Allie here has designed some I beautiful have. signs. Doing my best for everyone to utilize at the march. I think there's going to be it's going to be different because obviously there's going to be a lot of events that are virtual and not mm-hmm. in person. Yeah. But uh, if you're going to be there, as we will be, as Alex said, masked up and ready to ready to go, ready to rock and roll. Uh, we will also have those signs. And if you want them for your local events, things along those lines, please feel free to reach out. We will ship them to you at no cost. Yes, free people, get them. And um. Yeah, we are we're excited to celebrate with people again. I think that is one thing that's been hugely comforting about being a part of the part of the pro-life community is the fact that we are doing really hard work. We are doing really hard and sometimes very tiring work advancing the cause for life. It can feel really desperate at times, but at every turn I see smiling people are doing it because of their passion to protect life and their love for life because ultimately we get to celebrate the fact that life is worth living amidst all of this craziness amidst all of the hardships pro-life people say life is worth it regardless of the suffering that we are going through regardless of those hardships because life is valuable That's why we say that, you know, those who are born into difficult situations or with disabilities, their life is still beautiful and worth protecting. And so I think uh, being in this community, even through this difficult year, I've been able to be around some of the happiest and most at peace people I know because we can say this life is still worth living and this life is still worth
0: celebrating. 100%. Totally true, Jess. That's one thing I love about working in this movement is every day – You were reminded not only that the unborn matters, not only that women in crisis pregnancies matter, not only that, you know, men who are unexpected fathers matter, but that every single life Mm -hmm. matters, including your own. And I know this year has been hard, guys, but we want you to know that you are always in our prayers and we are so proud, proud to be standing alongside you and your life matters no matter what, no matter what challenges 2021 brings, we are ready to go out and face those things with you advocating for life and uplifting you every step of the way. Amen. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. This concludes season one of the Pro-Life Ohio podcast. It's been a pleasure being with all of you guys, being able to share some amazing special guests. One thing I will mention is our special series that we did with Heartbeat International called The Push for the Abortion Pill, which goes into more details about how dangerous the abortion pill is and the abortion industry's push to expand chemical abortions. If you scroll down on our um, SoundCloud page, you'll see that those are all collected in kind of a little catalog so you can listen to them all the way through if you want additional information kind of delve a little bit deeper into why the telemedicine abortion ban is so important and always feel free to uh, listen to back episodes as well they're not going anywhere and we will see you guys in 2021 ready to move forward and with even more to say here on the pro-life ohio podcast You're listening to the Pro-Life Ohio podcast, brought to you by Ohio Right to Life. Founded in 1967, Ohio Right to Life, with more than 45 chapters and local affiliates, is Ohio's oldest and largest grassroots pro-life organization. Recognized as the flagship of the pro-life movement in Ohio, Ohio Right to Life works through legislation and education to promote and defend innocent human life from conception to natural death. We are Pro-Life Ohio and we will end abortion.